Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. So I have a question for you as we get into this this morning. Here's the question for you as we get into kind of God's Word this morning. Um, anybody here ever make a mistake? Come on. Anybody? No, 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 no. Not just a mistake. A big, like you blowed it. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever blowed it? Like really blowed it. Really, really bad. And you think about it every once in a while. Yeah, that's kind of why I think this is one of the biggest topics that you asked about. So, for those of you who are joining us for the first time on Easter Sunday, when we were all here together, I asked for topics that people would like to hear what the Bible has to say about, or sermon topics. And we've been walking through, so this series has been called You Asked For. Um, And today, I want to talk about regret. Well, just just saying that word, maybe even brought some things to mind. Just saying that word puts you kind of in a certain place. And I thought, you know what? The perfect way for us to follow up is to do it after last week. Because if you were here last week, uh, we talked about covenant romance. For those of you who remember that, we talked about being a covenant single, preparing ourselves for what it means to be in covenant relationship, and then having covenant marriage. But here's what I thought. For most of us, if we're really honest, we probably walked away from last week feeling regret. Because I, I, I didn't do it that way. And now what? And now we're in the middle of the snaps, and we've got to clean this up. And, 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 and I'm a single, and I already feel like I've blown it compared to what we've talked about. And so what, what we see over and over again, and what I've seen for 21 years of ministry that I've done now, is, is that it's regret that continues to hold us in a cycle. Right? A crazy cycle of going back and doing the same things over and over and over and over, and I want you to hear very clearly today that there's good news. There's good news. If you don't know, his name is Jesus. And there's relief. It's real relief. It's not just something we conjure up that's an emotion or something. It even is a real man who came to this earth, but he was also God at the same time. And he came to take away. He came to help you get past your past. The devil, what he wants you to live in a perpetual state of regret. Why? Because he knows that it stunts your ability to be all that God has called you to be. Come on, somebody. Right? If if he can have you thinking about what you should have done, and what you didn't do, and what you couldn't do, come on, we we, we all have crazy regrets. I was was thinking about a regret moment. I was 10 years old, (laughs) and uh, I was a man. You know what I'm saying? Man. I did something that I that's it. Belt. And so she, I assumed the position, the whole like hands on the bed kind of thing. And she got the belt and she popped me like two or three times on the butt. And I turned around and went, Are you done? And I tell y'all, she wasn't done. You know what I'm saying? And I regret that decision. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like I woke up four days later and checked. No, not really. But, but, but you get the idea. Like we, we have regrets. We have these, some of us regret some of the clothes we wore. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all should regret what you wore this morning. Anyway, um, that was a joke. I'm just kidding. You look great. Um, but we regret regret hairstyles. Anybody like look back at old pictures? Come on. Have your kids look at pictures and go, Mom, oh my God. Right? And like we, we 
regrets, these things that are keeping us, and we all make mistakes, so we all live with that. We all live like Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble, right? In other words, you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be problems. There's going to be trouble, but it's not supposed to cripple you from being who God's called you. So there's this tension. Remember earlier when I said there's this tension? There's this tension of this struggle. Look at Romans 8 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Who have been called according to Him. For that verse, that verse is awesome. But I think most of us hear that verse, we know that's probably good for somebody else. Well, be, be honest with yourself for a moment. Is that one of those verses where I'm in church and so it's emotional we just sang and you know we're here in God's presence and, and it's all good, but when I hear that do I go, yes? Or is there something really deep inside of me that kind of thinks, maybe that's for somebody else? Maybe that didn't actually apply to me. When we make a mistake, that starts a process in our heart of trying to deal with the mistake. Right? Depending on the size of the consequence. We find ourselves in the cycle of regret. Many of you look at your life, maybe you would say, and the eggs are scrambled. Like you can't unscramble eggs, right? And so we have this, this feeling with this place that, that I think the devil likes to keep us, where we're like, yeah, you know, that sounds all good, Pastor, and I come to church and I hear that, or I read God's word, or I hear you talking about, but, you know, my. It's too late for me. I, I, I made too many bad decisions. And you come to church, and you hear me talk about covenant marriage, and covenant singleness, and covenant romance, purity, having a passionate relationship with God, and it sounds good, but you look at your life, and you see scrambled eggs. Things that I just feel like, I can't unscramble. Once the eggs are scrambled, there's no unscrambling them. How do you recognize if you're actually in that place? How do you recognize if you're in that place? Because the next stage of where you are is depression, which our nation is battling on a horrific scale. We are battling, let's be honest. For those of us that will be honest here this morning, we battle depression. We battle this, this thing that tells us, we're not worthy or this and that. And how can you recognize it? I think you can recognize it. If you constantly think, say, or act upon what I would call if-only statements. Right? If only if I had spent more time with fill in the blank. For some of us, if I had only spent more time with my kids. Right? For, for some of us, we look at you've got adult kids now, and it's the struggle of if I had Maybe if I had done less business and more, maybe if I'd given more pride. Which like, if only I could find the right one. Singles. What about only if I'm the right one that we said last week? Singleness is not about finding the right one, it's about becoming the right one. Right? But it's, but it's a mindset that we get into. If, if only I would not have worked so much. Some of us work extremely hard so as to prove our value. And to impress other people because we're not impressed with us. Because we haven't grasped what God says about us yet. Oh, that's good. Right? That's, that's real. 
So we worked really hard and we went the approval of others until they disapprove, and then we've got to strive again for that approval. Cycle of regret. If only I would have not treated them like that. Come on, son, we've all got those. I had to said those words. Come on, you, we've all blown up and said things that we can't take back. Right? If only I would have known before I made that decision. If only I had not And if we live in the world on if-only statements, we live in the cycle of regret. Do you feel the tension right now? Do you feel the heaviness right now? Here's what I need you to hear this morning. Jesus came to bring good news. Came to bring good news. That way we get out of the cycle of Regret. Regret wants to convince you that you can change, but you only have, only if you feel bad enough for long enough. Right? You can change, but only if you feel bad enough for long enough. So then you ask regret, well, how long is long enough? Ah, just one more day. Right? Just, it's just a little bit harder. And then tomorrow, it's just one more day. It's just a little bit harder. Just one more day, and it's the cycle that we go through. That's the endless cycle of regret. And that's not, that's not what Jesus intends for you. Consequences, we have to live out. Listen to me. But regret is an endless pit that will emotionally cripple you from being who God has called you to be. Regret will rob you of the grace of Jesus Christ. And will grace, undeserved favor. Right? Nothing I can do to earn it. Nothing I can do to make him love me more. Regret is a consistent moaning of loss. And you cannot live in a cycle of regret and fulfill all that God has called you to do. Boy, that's heavy, isn't it? That, that hits every single one of us, isn't it? That hits every single one of us what I'm talking about. And I am so grateful for God's word. Because there's a dude in the Bible that I so connect with. Because he's a leap before you look kind of personality. You know what I'm talking about? He's a like, put his foot in the mouth, his mouth kind of personality. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? His name is Peter. Right? And, and, I, and I love Peter because he makes me feel normal. <laughs> you know? But, but, but Peter, man, what, what a killer. So, Jesus says, I'm going to be betrayed. And, and, and he's about to go, and he's about to go through the trial. And, 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 and Peter's like, no, you're not going to die. We got you, man. I'm like, I don't know why, but I watched Tombstone last night. Remember that old movie, Tombstone? Wide Earth. Yeah, that was awesome. And, and, and so I've got this picture, like, Peter is like, you know, his posse. And, and Peter's just like, man, I got you. We're not doing this. And he's like, Peter, listen to me. You're, you're going to deny me. <laughs> me? <laughs> no. Maybe John. He's kind of with you. James, a little weak in the knees. <laughs> Not me, brother. I want you all the way. And then you remember the story, right? As he comes and Jesus has been arrested and they say, you were, you were with him. <laughs> no, God. I might look like one of them, but I'm not one of them. And a little girl comes. Yeah, you are you with him. 
somebody else said, he gets so mad, he curses up. You read the Bible, right? I mean, I, I think he messed up. He got so mad. <laughs> Let me read it to you. Mark 14 and 72. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time, and then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And Peter broke down and wept. How many of you know that was an ugly cry? Right? Uh, that wasn't like a little, little, that was an ugly cry. That was a, that was a sob. The next time Peter sees Jesus, I want you to notice a few things. What was, what were Peter and the apostles called to do? He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you fishermen and I'm gonna make you fishers of men. Well, what does Peter do? Peter goes into regret. He goes into a cycle of regret. And when we go into a cycle of regret, we have this tendency to walk away from what it is that God has called us to do. And we go back to what is normal to us. We go back to our default mode. So what does Peter do? They go back to fishing. And later on in John 21, it says this. He says, but they're out fishing. And Jesus comes and says, put your nets out on the other side of the boat. And then they recognize that it's Jesus, and I love Peter. Peter, man, he's all or nothing, dude. So like me. John 21, 7. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as seven, Peter heard him say that it's the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him, and his cloak wrapped it around him. <laughs> and he jumped in and took off, jumped into the water. How many of you know that was an ugly smell? <laughs> you know, it was not like a dog. Like, like he, was, he, he was getting it to Jesus. And I wonder what was going through his mind, because he's been living in regret. The last time he saw him, or interacted, maybe is a better way of saying it, would be denying him. So down in verse 17, he gets he gets up to Jesus and he starts to talk to him. And, 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 he, and he says, Hey Jesus, and he says, Peter, do you do you love me? He says, No, I, I love you. Just feed my sheep. In other words, why are you chasing fish when I told you to chase men? This is Peter, do you, do you love me? I can almost picture Peter's mind him going, I know I denied you. I know. I know. Right? I know. I did. Okay, I did. I did. And then it says, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. Jesus had asked him a third time. Why did he ask him three times? What is this? This is grace, y'all. This is who our God is. That we would deny him, that we would to that extent dishonor and be disloyal. And he comes back. But there's a bigger story in here. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. Know that I love you. And Jesus said, What? Feed my sheep. In other words, get off the boat, dude. I've called you to do something, and you've let this cycle of regret take you back to your default instead of who you're supposed to be. And man, is that not the story of so many of our lives? And we let this cycle of regret. We let these things that we should be doing, we should have done, and it's too late. I should have gone to school, and I should have done this, and you know, I should have married that girl, and she took on somebody else. And, I mean, we have all these crazy things. 
to do and to be. Can I say this to you? Just because you've blown it does not negate your calling. Just because you've made mistakes does not negate when the song talks about the days he wrote for you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Either you're living in regret that's caused you to not do what I called you to do. There are things that Jesus has for each one of us. But pastor, you don't know my life. Scribble day. It's, 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 it's a mess. Matter of fact, pastor, my, my life's kind of like an omelet with everything in it. Speaking of omelets, I love omelets. And Marcus can attest to this because we have breakfast every week. I like to get a ham and cheese omelet. And I like to get a bowl of grits. And dump the bowl of grits on top of it. And then put Tabasco sauce all over the top of it. For a lot of people, they look at that and go, that is the nastiest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's what you say about your life. But you know what? I love it. And so does Jesus. He looks at your scrambled almond. He looks at your scrambled life. He looks at the, the struggles and the frustrations of all you have. And he goes, you don't get it. I can work with anything. I got you. It was never about your ability in the first place. It's about my power. It's about you surrendering your life. Not about you becoming who you should become. Not you think, you know, go read a bunch of self-help. We are like the self-help Christian culture today. This is not about you and your ability or what you can or you cannot do. How many of you know every time you read the Bible, it's the least of the least likely? Right? It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not the pretty and the tall and the perfect. No, it's, it's all of us jacked up people. And just open up our hands and we just go palms up. And we just go, Jesus, I'm here. What do you mean? What do you want to do with this life? And he can do so much more than you can ever think or imagine. Ephesians 3 Corinthians 7 10 says this Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leads, leads, leads what? No regret. Godly Sorrow brings repentance. So I come to a place where I've got to repent. Let's start with that. Right? But look, look at the rest of that. The worldly sorrow brings death. Over and over and over. I see people caught in the cycle of regret. And what are they doing? They're just dying slowly. It just, it just leads to, to, to death, right? So where do we start? Well, we start with repentance. Let's start with the fact that maybe we have some regrets. Can we all agree with that? Okay, let's start. We got regrets. I got regrets. You got regrets. Okay. So let's start with godly repentance. Jesus, I don't want to live like this anymore. Jesus, I want to be different. And I can't do it. I need you to do it. I need you to come into my life and my heart and change something inside of me. I don't want to be a victim anymore. I, 
I am done with whining and complaining and blaming other people or choices or decisions for my lack of joy. It's a choice. It's a choice. So how do we do that? Let me try to give you four things that I think are several practical things that, that I think you can put into play in your life to overcome regret. Number one, really, is the fill-in, really receive God's forgiveness. If I had just put receive God's forgiveness and made forgiveness the fill-in, you'd have been like, oh, yeah, I've heard that church a million times. I needed to put the word really. If you had teenagers, you hear that word a lot. Really? 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 in such a way 
that you want to call your mama and cry that day? Are you here? It's one thing to sit and write a prayer at church and you got listen to me, it's got to be something in your soul that says this is real. It's got to be something in the, and that's faith. That's faith. Psalm 103, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Amen and amen. In, in, in that verse, do you know what all in the Hebrew mean? All, yeah. Right? Some of you are saying it's too late for me. Can I say this to you? The warranty on Jesus' blood never runs out. It is available 24-7-365. Come on, somebody. In Canada, the United States, or South America, all at the same time. The warranty on Jesus' blood never, ever runs out. If there's ever been an unconditional guarantee, his name is Jesus. Micah 7 and 18. Who is a God like you? who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. I love those last few words. Some of you need to hear that this morning. God is giddy excited, like middle school girl giddy excited to forgive you. But that's, he, he, he delights in saying, Whatever that regret is, can I encourage you today to put it down and pick up forgiveness, to really receive forgiveness? Number two, we've got to eliminate the if only statements. Come on, we've got to eliminate the if only thoughts. We've got to eliminate all those things. Not listen to me. I didn't say tolerate, I said eliminate. How many of you have ever had a, 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 an amazing experience with glitter? Where it gets everywhere? You know what I'm talking about? And you clean, and you clean, and you clean, and you just kind of get to a point where you're like, oh, it's good enough. Listen to me. It's not good enough with if only. It's not good enough with regret. It's got to be dealt with. It's got to be addressed. I talk all the time. We, we need to help you with some counseling, some pastoral care. We would love to do that. All of us need help. All of us need someone to dig in some of the It's why we do small groups, because you've got to be in a group where it is safe for you to be open about the way you feel and the things that you're struggling with. And it is safe for you to do, oh, man, last week, last week, um, you know, the reason we have this stuff is because the band is having their end-of-year concert, so we have, we deal with the craziness of being all together. Last week, we walked in to AVF, and thank God he had me come here early. Because the culinary had had a big event in culinary. And they forgot that Pastor Doug was going to ABF in culinary. So the chef said, oh, it's good enough, we'll do it later. So when I walked in Sunday morning, I, it, 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 was, it was a disaster. Like there was stuff everywhere. And no offense to Chef Bell, he felt terrible. He came back to me, I'm so sorry. You know, we love you guys and all this. But listen to me. You've got to not say it's good enough when it comes to the if-only mindset. It's not good enough. There, there is nothing, nothing that he cannot turn into something that he can use for his good. Nothing. 2 Corinthians 10.5. 
We use our powerful God tools for smashing work philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Speak God's truth instead of if-only statements. For many of us, regretful thoughts have become the norm. We speak, <laughs> we speak in line. And I'm not talking about Irish, you know, not about. Like, we, 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 we speak in a lot of this and that, and, you know, and, and no matter what somebody says to us, we, we, we've got the wet blanket if we're not listening to them. As a follower of Jesus, you have all power given to you. You have authority given to you to smash Thoughts and strongholds come on our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and strongholds and thoughts that you have. You have that available to you, and you have to address the if-only statements. Colossians 3 and 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things of this earth. Let me say it to you this way. It's the difference between a wound and a scar. See, a scar is a healed up wound, right? Wounds are gross. Like if I had shut up this morning and I had had like my arm gash wide open and I hadn't done anything about it in like a month, and I was up here teaching, y'all couldn't pay attention. Some of y'all couldn't pay attention to anything, but whatever goop was coming out of my arm, right? It would be disgusting, and you would just be like, oh, what is that? But you see somebody with a scar, and look how scars are cool. How would I see somebody scar and be like, ooh, what is going on, Rambo? What happened? Right? Like, I, 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 tell me the story. Like, what, 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 listen to me. That's what God wants to do with your wounds, with your regrets, with your only statements. He'd like to turn it, let you heal, and turn it into scars so that it can be used for our testimony and bring them Right? For his, his story, Philippians 3 and 13, of your brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You cannot try looking in the rearview mirror. Okay, get rid of my only statements. Number three, turn regret into motivation. Turn regret into motivation. There has to be something inside of you through God's Holy Spirit that flips the script. My scars can now be used for God's glory. Come on, somebody. 2 Corinthians 1 and 7. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will suffer. You will make mistakes. You will blow it. And God still wants to use that. You will also share in the comfort God gives us. So tomorrow when you're not at church, and life hits you in the face, and you feel regret. Come on. Because right now, we're talking, and we're in church, and we're doing the church thing. But tomorrow, you got to go back to the office. Tomorrow, you got to go back to whatever that, that setting is that you do, you, know, you do during the week, or school, or whatever it is. And, 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 and you've got to change the way you look at your regret. God, thank you that you're going to take this regret. Scar it over and turn it into something good for your use. When we started thinking God before you, God says this, bring me the album. 
I'm going to use it in a way that, that I love it. You look at a man who is an absolute mess, y'all. I have stories that honestly some of y'all might think about leaving this church if you do. That's it. And so many of you have some of those and you're hiding and you're scared of. And the church is not a place where we're supposed to try to all be perfect and pretty. It's a place where we come with our junk and say, God can take junk and make it into something amazing. That's what this is all about. Can I just tell you, you walked into a safe place today. You walked into a place where you can bring your stuff and you can be a goober. And you can be jacked up. There are some jacked up people sitting next to you right now. That's okay. Because God specializes in taking the mistakes and the regrets and the hurts of this world and making them something absolutely beautiful. And number four is this, and I'll close. Let God, and I'm going to let you tell us why. What do you need to let God do? What is it for you? So Peter wanted to tell Jesus how he was supposed to wash feet. Remember the story? <laughs> right? They recognized somebody got their feet washed, which is the normal practice when they're going out for the last supper. So Jesus grabs the towel, starts washing feet. He goes, well, no, no, you are not washing my feet. He says, Peter, if I don't, then you can't be a part. He goes, okay, well, then wash me from head to toe. What is it about us that we think our perspective is better than Jesus? But what is it about us that then... Why do we think that we see from a better place? Psalm 145 and 9. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all of his creation. Aren't you grateful for that this morning? Aren't you grateful for a God? This is, I'll take you right where you are. And we say in our turn beauty for ashes. Turn graves into gardens. That's, that's, that's why we sing that this morning to remind ourselves who our God is. Write it down. Write it down. Listen to me. Let God what? What is that? Let God what for you? What, what, what exactly is that? Lamentations 3 and 22. Because the Lord, Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Aren't you grateful that we don't have a Zeus God? That he's not there with a lightning bolt. Go ahead. Alright, go ahead. Eat and scrub again. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. So what is it for you? Let God in? Maybe some of you need to let God in for the first time. You let people and church and weird things that happen therein keep you from the creator himself. If you judge your relationship with God based on people, it's not going to go well. Are you doing you know what I'm saying to you? Those people are crazy, y'all. You may not mess with crazy people. You don't know too many. You're probably the crazy person in your circle. But that's how this works. Like, I think maybe, maybe let God define right and wrong. Maybe let God have control. Where are my control freaks? Come on, where are you? Thank you for being honest. There's four of us being honest. All right, thank you. Let God have his way. God wants to do something great with your life. He wants, he, he wants to help you get rid of that regret and drop it and let it go and, 
and let it score over and use it for something great. And let God use you, speak through you, lift up your spirit. Some of some of us are out or down. They're, they're down because of shame and regret and frustration and everything else. And we're in that cycle. And he said, no, 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 no. I need you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Not things of this earth, but things of heaven that I'm focused upon what it is that God has called me to do. And who he's called me to be. And it's crazy out there, God. These people around me and the community and my family. Come on, you might have crazy family. Don't look at it. I'm just asking it. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.